DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for our listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often, so sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate. has plenty of instructions for my for new betters, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Download the top-ranked DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 to $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code TBPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, one 800 Nine with it. Been loud and clear. Oh my god, you cannot believe I'm at like uh, ten out of ten on the anger spectrum here, trying to fucking work out how Skype can stop screwing me. Anyway. It's really nice to see you. Yeah, it's awesome. How I you guys mean, doing? we Good, should are you? we should be uh, seeing each other for Game Six at Barclays Center uh, on Tuesday yeah. night <laughs> instead of uh, on Skype here watching as a vastly inferior Bucks team. Vastly inferior. Uh, truly, like like it's it's this is a good thing for Brooklyn. Now. Good thing for us. Yeah, you think this is going to give us yeah. uh, the grit requisite to one day bring home a championship? Definitely, and it's going to make it look like it's not, um, you know, too easy. Right, right, right. Because people will get, oh, nice background, nice background. Uh, yeah. Where are you in that background? I'm, I'm in my house. No, I know, but in that, in in, it, where are those, where's that rocky landscape that you're in? Oh. I don't know. Do I have a background? Yeah, it just switched to a background for me. It looks like you're in some uh, forest. That's so weird. I I can't even see you guys. Yeah, I went off video because... um, (laughs) All good. No no worries. It's all good to get fucked. Anyway, so you can't see my my glistening bald dome, unfortunately, tonight. I know that usually (laughs) helps you. Oh, hey, you're in together Hey, Simon. Oh, yeah, we are in together. This is great. This is wonderful. You two just sitting in, I don't know, is that like a Greek Parthenon, something like that? I I can't even see it. Let me check. Hold on. Let me check together mode. Yeah, you got to get into get together. Oh, there mode. You go. It's like when we were when we were E fans in the bubble last year. Exactly. Yes. Having like the most miserable watching experience known to man. There's <laughs> like okay, so your things? tape delay is even longer than usual. Uh, there's just a lot of annoying block members talking over you, and you can't really see the game. So. Yep. And every movement yep. you make could be featured on television, and you could be mocked endlessly for it. So. <laughs> Have a nice night. <laughs> Let's go Nets. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. That uh, was rough. The dog days those, of the pandemic. Those, yeah, that was those yeah. Were dark times. Uh, we are. Oh, Simon, would you would you welcome people back real quick? Folks, you better welcome back to another episode, yet another episode <laughs> of maybe next time. Uh, I'm back as we are each and every unrelenting week with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, I don't know about you, but I've got NBA draft fever. <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting year to talk with the one, the only, the draft, the guru, James Kelly. Hey, James. What's up, everyone? It's an honor, as always, <laughs> <laughs> to be back on the pod. And this year's draft, I'm actually really excited to talk about it because it's a good draft, unlike last year where it was just, you know, 
terrible from top to bottom. Right. So, <laughs> Jay, you you obviously need no introduction on this podcast. You've been our guru, our go-to draft guy for years at this point. Uh, you have a long and storied record of being right about a lot of fringy guys so Mm -hmm. a couple years ago we did this show and you told simon and i that cam johnson was a sleeper to look out for the phoenix suns went on to draft him his teammate uh kobe white right Kobe yeah. White, when he was told that guy got drafted 11th, I think very publicly started laughing. He couldn't believe it. I mean, he was happy for him, but he couldn't believe he'd gone 11th. Everyone roundly mocked the Phoenix Suns for having drafted him at 11th, and now he is, I don't know, the fifth best guy on the on a potential championship team? Absolutely, and he's doing it in his third year in the league. Yeah, he's big. He's got defensive versatility. He is a knockdown mm -hmm. shooter, as you told us. Uh, So what I'm trying to get at is uh, while many of us, James, we live in that platonic cave, right, where we're content Mm -hmm. with the shadows on the wall being cast from the fire behind us. We're fine with that. Simon and I love those little shadows. In fact, we would be terrified were those shadows to go away. But you have snuffed the fire out you have abandoned the cave you are walking amongst amongst woolly mammoth and t- saber-toothed tigers you're killing them with your hands and you are declaring yourself free emancipated and 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 capable of seeing things that the rest of us are too afraid to I see. mean, look, half of my half of my reputation is is, is on Cam Johnson's shoulders, <laughs> and the other half is on the other half is on Paul Reed's shoulders after last year becoming the G League MVP. Oh, he became the oh, G right. League MVP. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was B-ball Paul. I I mostly remember from last year. Uh, we got deep into the bays. Mm-hmm. Both, deep into the bay. Half. Both Sadiq Bay and then Tyler Bay, right? And really, mm-hmm. you were a, you were a strong Tyler Bay guy. Could you? He clearly hasn't panned out quite like Cam Johnson yet. Yet, yes. There's a big asterisk there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what what was Tyler's Tyler Bay's rookie year like? Sadiq Bay's was great. Uh, it was you know, he was a rookie on a on a team that had real playoff aspirations. So he wasn't able to get a lot of minutes, unfortunately, on Dallas. On Dallas. And, okay. Yeah, on Dallas. And so, therefore, he's really TBD. TBD on Tyler Bay. Okay. TBD. I may have been a little bit, you know, overzealous about him. Right. But you like <laughs> but Sadiq, I still think he's too, a monster. right? Oh, yeah. No, Sadiq was my Sadiq – was, Sadiq was one of my, like, you know, my top ten guys. And he was right there in our hands. We had okay? him. He put on a next hat him. that night. We had him. But they decided that they wanted to go for Landry Shamit instead. And now I've, I've – for, for months – for months, I've tried to justify that decision in my head, and I've come up with one explanation. Go <laughs> with on. one explanation, <laughs> they knew that they were getting James Harden because remember how the draft was so close to the start of free agency that one year? They were like literally like back to back days because it was a it was the COVID off season, right? And so they knew that they were going to get James Harden, and they knew that Spencer Dinwiddie was going in that trade. They knew that Karis LeVert was going in that trade, and they knew that if they drafted someone, that person would also go in the trade. But if you traded that, that draft pick for Landry Shamit, Landry Shamit was unable, ineligible to be traded for, I think it was three months or six months. And so they couldn't include him. So that was, that was their way of preserving the value of the pick from a James Harden's trade. That's the only explanation I could possibly think of. Wow, that's some tinfoil hat wearing that stuff That is there. deep. Can, can, yeah. can, can I give you my explanation, mm-hmm. the way I think about it? I'd love to hear it. I I think about it as um, <laughs> keep in mind we're still in the and, cave, James. We're still in the cave. <laughs> and thank you, right? And also thank you, James. I don't think I've ever heard my co-host say I, I'd love to hear anything I, I have to say. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so nice to be appreciated. Uh, no, I um, I think that it's it should be viewed as the whole package, right? The Bruce Brown package. So I think of it as I don't think that trade would have happened unless the Nets get Bruce Brown and Shamit, and um, then you know they trade for that pick for the Sadiq Bay pick and um, 
Musa, because it was, I mean, say what you want about Detroit, but I think it's pretty clear they did not think Musa was a one-to-one trade for Bruce Brown. Definitely not. It's kind of weird because, you know, like, why would they give up someone who was a clearly valuable player for no reason? Unless right. maybe there was something going on behind the scenes that we didn't know about. But Bruce Brown seems like an awesome guy. He's, you know, he's one of my favorite players now. He's definitely so one I, of my that, favorite players. That also players. makes a lot of sense. I mean, I miss, I miss the Bosnian bomber for sure, but <laughs> I, I prefer Bruce Brown. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know you watched that many Long Island Nets games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyone who makes me feel good about my posture, I'll watch them uh, in anything they do. That should have been a red flag in hindsight. You know? but, <laughs> but I guess not. <laughs> so right, we, we, we are here to, to discuss the NBA draft, and we will get into Nets-specific NBA draft. But as you said, James, this is a by many accounts – a special draft, right? It's fantastic. And I so really think it's like before so we good. before we dig into because I think we'll probably end up talking more about like end of first round, early second round, and late second round guys because that those are the positions where the Nets are likely at, and we'll get into mm-hmm. all of that later. But I think because this draft is so special, and because I want you to have an opportunity to sort of flaunt your. Uh, draft guru abilities here i'd like your your top five because there there are there's definitely four guys who are consensus top four i feel like the the two jalen's Cade cunningham and evan mobley mm-hmm. and there's some there's some uh, bickering about the order there but i'd like to hear your five too and what order you have those guys in okay so i got it i mean look the number one guy is Cade, right it's 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 just you know this man is like a six foot eight trey young like there's really no other way to explain his all around ball dominance, central hub of an offense, truly that guy that can, that appears to be, you know, the number one player on a championship team. And not only the number one player on the championship team, but the number one do it all player on the championship team to the point where the second best player might not even have to be that good. <laughs> He's special. And when you, when you think about flaws in Cade's coming, Cunningham's game, like you have to talk about like, Oh, like he doesn't have a floater. He doesn't have a floater yet, you right. know, but that's something that everybody can, everybody with a decent touch in the NBA. Yeah, can he get should go to Delos Clinic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's two hundred fifty like bucks biggest, in, in the Twin Cities this summer. Mm-hmm. That's like the biggest knock on his game. I guess the second biggest knock on his game is you know he's probably only had like a thirty-eight inch vertical instead of like a forty-three right. or whatever it is. You know, the it's like. To find a prospect, thirty-eight like him. inch, yeah. To be <laughs> dinged for that—that's. Uh, I don't know if that's his real. That's vertical. rare air. I don't know if that's his real vertical, but he's not the most athletic guy. But look, you don't—you really don't need to be when you can do the things that he does. It's—it's it's really you know it's, it's it's some Luka Doncic stuff. It's some it's some dare I say like LeBron James stuff okay. minus the elite athleticism. But he's you know a better shooter than LeBron James was at nineteen years old. And I think he's a bona fide all-star. I think he's a, I think he could be an all-star, you know, next year. If Detroit really like goes off, he could be the all-star. He totally makes up for them taking Killian Hayes last year. Totally makes up for it because Killian Hayes is not, is not it in my opinion. And I was saying that last year, that was my big problem with Kevin O'Connor is he had Killian Hayes number one last year. Drove me crazy. Yeah. I can't believe he's allowed. I can't believe he's allowed to run the ringer draft guide again. Yeah, no, I think I think you know I think he got a slap on the wrist because they made him rate it in. There's no there's no like you know Jalen Suggs at number one nonsense this year. Right. So I think hopefully. maybe James, after we were once this goes up, we should send this to Bill Simmons and be like replace Kevin O'Connor with James <laughs> Kelly. They should. They should. I would love to. I would love to do their uh, their drafting board. I would love to do the drafting. It, it's a, it's you know they do a really good job though, and they did a good job this year. I definitely liked what they did this year. He redeemed, he redeemed himself. <laughs> And what, uh, who, who do you have two through five? Two through five. Okay, so two is Jalen Green, and I want to pause on Jalen Green for a second because Jalen Green is one of those special, special scorers. Like he would have been number one last year without a doubt, like the no, no question. And he's he's you know his his comp. I, I've I've heard I've heard Kobe. Wow. <laughs> I've heard Kobe, and it's really not an unreasonable comparison when you watch Jalen Green score. So so he, his comp is being super overrated. <laughs> Just Maybe kidding. super overrated uh, all offense two guard. Yeah, really, Maybe. really good at offense. Okay. Maybe or like you know like a six six Bradley Beal. Ooh. Like he's he's special. He's special and he's he's like 
he's not like a short six, six either, like a stubby six, six. He's a six, six with a long wingspan, high hips. When he gets up on his jump shot, you know, nobody's contesting. No one's contesting. I see here, James, that he's 165 pounds. Is that a concern? Uh, I don't know if that's accurate at this point, but honestly, it isn't a concern for me because it doesn't, I don't don't think it matters. He's going to be a two guard. You know, he's going to be like a lot of the two guards in this league are not, not that big, not that strong. And so he is, he, I mean, he's a two guard. There's no other, he's not a three, you know, he's not a four and he's not, he's not there for defense anyway. (laughs) He's there to, he's there to get buckets and he's a bona fide bucket getter. I'll tell you that. <laughs> all right, I'm all in on 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 Jalen Green. I've also heard mm-hmm. really good things. Um, like, who is the guy? He used to be a net. He is a more famous Jared as Jared Jack. Net. Yeah, Jared Jack yeah. saying that saying that Jalen Green was really special and cared more than any other player on the team and stuff yeah. like that. So. He's special. If if someone took him number one, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad. You know. Uh, next up, I have Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley, you know. He's really, really, really also super elite. He would have gone number one last year as well. Um, but I worry about Evan Mobley a little bit because I don't really see him as a center. You know, he's like he's he has really, really skinny shoulders. I think he's around like 220 pounds or something like that. So he's not really a center. He's more of a power forward. And then his jump shot isn't uh, perfect. You know, I, I, wouldn't, I'm, I wouldn't bet on him being an NBA caliber three-point shooter the second he steps into the league. But he's still a really special, you know, like face up face up uh, four who can, who can, you know, block on the weak side, switch on the guards, switch on the forwards. He's, he's an excellent, excellent prospect. Like a, I would say like a poor man's, a poor man's Anthony Davis. So like Kevin Garnett. Whoa. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's the third guy in this draft. That's how good this draft is. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And then we have Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs is interesting. Um, he doesn't, he, he's not Trey Young, you know, he's not, he's not going to go out there and put up 30 points, 40, 40 points in the playoffs. He's more of like, you know, like a Darren Williams, Kyle Lowry type Ooh, of player. Darren Williams. Yeah. That's a that's a <laughs> bold thing to say on a Nets podcast. But like a good Darren Williams. Like, you know, like Darren like Williams a, and like that, that right, first year. Nuggets Darren Williams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, so he was he's he's a good he's a really, really or sorry, well jazz, put together jazz. point guard. Yeah, Jazz, yeah. Really well put together point guard. Um, big, strong, tenacious defender. Uh, I'm a fan of him. Uh, he doesn't really excite me, though. Doesn't really excite me yeah. as my point guard prospect. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You I know? don't want grit. I want flash. I want scoring. I want Jalen Green. Yeah, but he's gonna be exactly. No, you do want Jalen Green over him. I can't imagine anybody putting Jalen Suggs over Jalen Green. I would, it would shock me. Uh, and then number five, I have Alperin Sengun. Okay. Sengun. Um, amazing. Yeah. I, I was hoping. Yeah. So I had three names written down here: Kaminga, Scotty Barnes, and Booknight, which are the mm-hmm. the ones that I've heard most often. Booknight seems to be moving up. Uh, don't have the guy you just said on my list. Pretend, James, for a second. I don't know <laughs> who you're talking about. <laughs> tell, okay, tell so, me a bit about him. So Alperen Sengun. The first thing you have to talk about is that last year he was the MVP of the Turkish League. Oh, at 19 years old. And that's, that's a league with like real grown men in it. You know, it's like, it's a very solid, uh, overseas league. And he was doing really, really, really special offensive things there. I'm talking like, you know, looking like, looking like Pau Gasol, Hakeem Olajuwon in the posts, uh, with these crazy pivot spins and, and pump fakes and right hooks. And he is probably the most gifted, paint scorer I've seen in a draft that wasn't like Zion Williamson or like, yeah, if that makes sense. And so he's going to come into the league. And and I think that he legitimately has that type of like number one offense, number one option, offensive skill, in my opinion, because he really can't just get it. He can really get his own shot no matter, no matter what it is. And so where is he coming in on most of these big boards? Like, where is he on the ringers? On the ringers? I think on the ringers, he's around 10 or 12, something like that. Uh, John Hollinger has him fourth. John, John Hollinger oh, has him fourth. Wow. Yeah. He also yeah, he I, also has um, he also had um, Bruce Brown ahead of Spencer Dinwiddie in terms of free agents. Did you see? That? I saw that. I saw that. How'd that make I, you feel? I, you, that doesn't make sense to me. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make sense to me. But I understand why. You know, I mean, he was more productive last year because Spencer Dinwiddie played two games. Yeah. But. <laughs> Yeah, so Shangun, you know, the, the question with him is, is he's a little small for a center, and so and he's almost definitely a center, or he's a power forward that you play next to, like, you know, like Miles Turner, 
because you want to get him in, you want to get him one on one against somebody. And he's one of those guys where if you get him one on one against somebody, he's he's either scoring or they or they're fouling him. Like he's really that that special in the post, that special like with post ups. And he he looks like the type of guy you know. I mean, people are saying like uh, a small Nikola Jokic, Ooh. but he's not that type of passer. He doesn't really shoot it yet. And then his defense, people are concerned because again, he's his height. He's only like six nine, six ten. You know, he's six nine, six ten, like two thirty. So he's a little small for a center, but he's very active. So he gets he gets steals, he gets blocks, um, he gets lobs too. I, it, look, he's a, he's a, just a great, fantastic prospect, and I'm I, shocked that people have him all the way at 12. And I remember there. you marveling at uh, Tyler Bay's stocks potential last year. Mm-hmm. Shangun is like that. He's like that. I mean, he's not going to be he's not going to be out here, you know, like Rudy Gobert, but he's going to jump in the passing lanes. He's going to you know muck it up in the paint. And and I'm 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 a big fan. I think the defense is is you, you can work with it when you're that gifted offensively. And uh, Simon, since you you claim I never want your opinion about anything, what's your uh, Changun take? I uh, never heard of him, <laughs> uh, but he sounds great. <laughs> He's awesome. He's awesome. I, I think people are scared of you know like the the Euro stereotype of not playing defense, but. Um, Hey, you know, we learned Brooklyn. Brooklyn shows you that you don't really have to play defense in this league to be great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's turn now to potential players who are a little more, let's say, realistic for the Nets. We currently have the 27th pick. So one first round pick. Our own. It's probably the last time we'll have our own pick uh, in in any of our or our children's lifetime. Uh, <laughs> plus, we have the 44th, the 49th, and the 59th pick. Before we we delve into late first round, early second round, late second round prospects, which of these four picks, if any, do you two think we're gonna we're gonna keep? James, let's start with you. Uh, I think number 44. <laughs> like, that's the one. Because <laughs> I think you can still be a good player. Yeah, I think you could yeah. too. Uh, yeah. Simon? I'm I'm going to say that, yes, I think we'll definitely trade the player that we pick at 27. Um, Do you think we might trade down, though, for like, a, like a, the 31st or 32nd pick? I suspect that we will either use it as part of a sweetener for like a DeAndre Jordan thing or uh, DeAndre Jordan dump or um, like possibly trading it for one of the years that we don't for a pick, a protected pick um, for one of the years we don't have our pick. Um, So for any time in the foreseeable future. Exactly. Exactly. Interestingly enough, there's a, there's actually a rumor going around that the Nets have made a promise to someone. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. let's hear it. Let's yeah. hear it. This is a perfect place uh, to start. This is why we yeah. need you, James. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's it's a it's a big boy from UNC, Dayron Sharp. Um, he's pulled he pulled out of the draft combine. He's not doing workouts with anybody, and when players do that, it means they have a promise, typically in the first round, because the first round is like guaranteed contracts. If you're if someone promises promises to pick you at like thirty five, they're probably not taking you. And so if you look at the teams that have like picks in that like end of the end range, right? It's it's um, the Nuggets don't need a center. Uh, the Nets definitely need a center. The Sixers don't need a center. The Suns don't need a center. And the Jazz don't need a center. So unless the Clippers at 25 have promised him, it seems like it's the Nets who have given him that promise. Oh, at 27. I love yeah. this. I love this. Average yeah. 9.5.7.6 rebounds. Six foot eleven. It's a good size. Mm-hmm. Um, a little concerned that that's not, not the listing most, his that's, uh, that's wingspan. That's not the best part about his size. His wingspan is short, so it's seven foot. He's not that. He's not a. He's not a shot blocker. He's not anything like that. But he is two hundred and sixty-five pounds at nineteen years old. All muscle. Oh, okay. Like it, it's Amazing. really, really impressive. And he is like his. His number one thing is that he's. He's just. He's just so physical. So he gets. He gets boards like Andre Drummond. Like he just goes over people and through people because he's he is two sixty five. He just bodies everyone, and he's actually he turns out he's he's a pretty good modern uh, center in my opinion on, on the defensive end. So he's capable of switching a little bit. So yeah, he has that decent lateral quickness. 
Um, he's not like, you know, like a high flying shot blocker. He's not Jared Allen. Um, but he does block shots and he's just a monster in the post. So he's one of those guys like you, you probably can't put him on Joel Embiid his first year, but maybe his second year you could put him on Joel Embiid. Um, and then another thing that people are like really talking about with him is his, uh, his ability to sort of pass at the pick and roll. So like, just like that sort of like, you know, James Harden comes around the picks, passes it to him, passes it to him. And then he, instead of going to the basket, he hits Joe Harris in the corner or hits Kyrie Irving on the, on the wing, you know, like that type of, that type of really like short role, impressive passing along with being 265, strong enough, have enough finesse to get in there and lay it up. He's not really going to be a lob catcher though. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think it's interesting. He fits the role and, and it makes sense to me that they would have promised him at 27. Uh, sounds like a player you'd like Simon. Yes. Um, it, it uh, I mean, I appreciate after, I mean, if we were to get him, he would be the first center since I became a hardcore Nets fan that came in with um, a reasonable weight. Mm-hmm. Um, like both right. Jarrett and God bless him, Nick Claxton were extremely undersized. Nick Nick Claxton still is, um, but like, yeah, 265 is like perfectly good weight for the center. Oh yeah, and for him, and and it does, and he's not a fat two sixty five either. If you looked at him, you wouldn't think he was two sixty five at all. You'd think yeah. he was more two forty. So, are you thinking the Nets are going to try to add a big guy because they're getting rid of DeAndre Jordan? I think. I mean, look, they have to get rid of DeAndre Jordan. They really, really have to. And actually, I was looking. I was looking at something about um, what their luxury tax bill is looking like next year. Uh, do you mind if I share? No, please yes, do. Yes, please. Okay, so their luxury tax bill is no matter what, it's going to be rough. Okay, but let's imagine, right? So we have our our two our two main free agents are Bruce Brown and Spencer Dinwiddie, right? Let's say we give both of them reasonable contracts. What would you say a reasonable contract for Spencer Dinwiddie is like per year? Uh, like twelve million. Thirteen million. Thirteen million. Okay, yeah. So if you give him like if you give him like a thirteen million dollar contract, Spencer Dinwiddie like a thirteen million dollar contract. Let's say you give Bruce Brown like a six million dollar contract, something like that. You use our MLE, which we didn't lose, which we didn't use last year. You're looking at around four hundred million in total salary and luxury tax payments if we bring back Dinwiddie, don't cut Jordan, bring back Bruce Brown at a reasonable amount, and use our MLE. So yeah, not good. It's it's not good. It's not good. And so I, I did it again, and I looked at it. What happens if you bring back Spencer Dinwiddie? But you just get rid of DeAndre Jordan, right? Uh-huh. That brings it down from around four hundred million to three hundred and sixty million total. Oh my god! <laughs> De- yeah. DeAndre Jordan is such a fucking disaster. It's true disaster. <laughs> true disaster. And that's why I can't fathom them paying him, basically paying forty million dollars for you know a cheerleader. Yeah, that's what he is. Yeah, a friend, a, a, a yeah. surely increasingly agitated cheerleader cannot Absolutely. be happy about cheerleading. Absolutely. No, but he clearly so has I don't think nothing left way. to give. No, he doesn't. Wait. There's no way that he's, I don't think there's any way he's on the roster next season. I think they're using, I think they might use the pick to dump him or they might use their 2028 pick to dump him. Okay. Like that, that's really what I think is going to happen. <laughs> is that even legal? Yeah, sure, unfortunately. Surely someone has to stop Sean Marks from getting rid of yet more first round picks. 2028. Well, yeah, every year, every year, another pick is going to become available. <laughs> you know, so twenty twenty eight is is what it sounds. It looks like to me because I don't know if number twenty seven is enough to dump him. Oh my God, you're going to be in your thirties yeah. by then. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking world that'll be. Yeah, so that's what it's looking like to me. I think. I mean, I think they dumped Jordan. I, I think. I also was looking at you know. I don't think they they keep Dimity either because if you. If you get rid of, let's say you dump Jordan and you don't re-sign Dimity, then instead of like around 360 million, it's like 300 million. Right. And yeah. so we're really looking at like crazy, crazy salary numbers here I for mean, this team for guys so, who aren't necessary. So James, may I, along those lines, are there players in the point guard mold or maybe shooting guard mold, since Spencer is kind of more of a two guard in, in a lot of ways? that you think in the draft um, could could help us at least a little bit in the short term? Uh, unfortunately, I don't, I don't believe in point guards being effective immediately. And okay. so I would not draft 
any point guard with the thought process of him contributing on the next next year. What I would about, go after like a veteran. What about a guy uh, in like the end of the first round, like Jared Butler? Jared Butler, actually, no, that's that's you know what, that's my exception. <laughs> that's my one guy that's an exception. But he's an interesting um, situation. So he was actually flagged by the same panel that flagged uh, Chris Bosh for his heart issues and, and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge for his heart issues that called that caused him to retire. Uh-huh. They did like a thorough investigation of him. We don't know what it's an undisclosed medical condition, but probably like something to do with the circulatory system, because that's typically what this panel is for. Um, they cleared him. They cleared him to play. Uh, but he's a guy who should be looking like maybe in the lottery, right. late, late teens. And so he's a reason. He's a guy who might drop. And that's where I would make an exception for that role. In my opinion. Yeah. He's a, he's a microwave scorer, right? Absolutely. No, he's a monster. He's a monster. He's a monster. And even better than that, he's, he's like, he's like, you know, statistically throughout college, he's what you hope Landry Shamit would be. And so he's like really good at coming off screens, really good at spotting up and really good at creating his own shot. And so basically everything Landry Shamit isn't, he is. (laughs) So that would be my one exception. Other than that, I don't think that there's a safe enough guard to take, especially when it's such a, you know, I feel like backup point guard is a serious position, and you don't want like a twenty-two-year-old playing it. Okay, <laughs> but yeah. do, you, do you think they're going to bring Spencer back in your heart of hearts? I don't think so. I don't. Think I don't so think either. so. Yeah. Maybe if they, maybe if they get rid of like Joe Harris and DeAndre Jordan, maybe, maybe. But I don't think so. Um, Unfortunately, they should, <laughs> but I don't think so. So. Early second round, I noticed a guy who I saw play. I didn't watch many games of the NCAA tournament, but I did end up watching an Illinois game. Mm-hmm. And they had a guard. So anytime I was watching an NCAA game, I would just look up, like, who who on this team is going to – is, like, an NBA prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy on that team who was was Ayo Desunmo. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I feel him. like – I feel like he, at the time, at the time of the tournament, was rated, like, maybe lottery. And now they're projecting him, like, a, as a second-round guy. Why Why has he fallen so far? And why should my very, very uh, cursory knowledge of him um, not be as high as it was after reading months ago that he was maybe a lottery pick? Well, he's, he's a guy, you know, he's, he's a really, like, he... He's, he's a great player. You know, he's, he's another guy that I would compare to Kyle Lowry, but he can't shoot, you know, uh. and, or he can like barely shoot or he's, he can shoot in college, but I, I would not bet on him shooting in the NBA anytime soon. But he's, he's, you know, he's a hard worker. He's like a hustle guy. He makes decent decisions, but that's, that, that's really the knock on him. And if we're looking for someone to come in and contribute immediately, it's gotta be someone who can shoot. Right. And so, but I, I, I actually, I do like him. I do like him. I think he's the one that he's one of the guys who's going to come in. He's going to work hard and he's probably, he's probably going to be a good player. There's a lot of this year. This year's draft is really weird though. It's filled with a bunch of like, sort of like undersized two guards that can create their own shot, but not really come off screens, not really play great defense. And so I've sort of just like thrown my hands up with them and just put them all in the same do not drafts area for Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> because, because we don't need any more two guards, two guards. God knows that. <laughs> what position do you think we most need? Forwards, 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 forwards. We need somebody who's any, anybody who's under six, six shouldn't be drafted by this team next year. In my opinion, you know, like the biggest issue against Milwaukee, in my opinion, was just the lack of size. Like we were putting out, you know, Landry Shaman at small forward. Or like like ridic- ridiculous things. We have Joe Harris as a normal small forward when Joe Harris is is a shooting guard through and through. Right. You know, we have we have, we're, we're too small. We need to get bigger. And I actually think that this draft, since there are so many of those like those those sort of un- those six four six five ball handling shot creating two guards, I think there's a chance that a lot of the forwards are going to fall in the draft. And so there's a couple forwards that I have my eye on, and I think that I think are like really high quality players. All right, let's hear them. All right, so. It's it's one of the unfortunately one of those guys actually pulled out of the draft today. He was a Croatian player. Um, unfortunately, yeah, he pulled his name out like literally an hour ago. <laughs> so he, he heard the same rumors about him falling that you did. Yeah, probably. Probably. So number one, I would say is mm, I'm trying to be like reasonable here, but there's this guy J T. Thor. I don't know if you ever heard of J T. Thor. No. 
Okay, so he's sort of well, like. Well, let's pretend um, I have it. Pretend I have it. Okay. Yeah. He's like, uh, <laughs> imagine like Chris Boucher, kind of. 6'10, lanky, um, not really a great shooter, but his jump shot looks good. Okay. Very good, very good on ball defender, very versatile on ball defender because he's like skinny, like a really skinny, like twig like 6'10. Like I Chris love Boucher. Chris Boucher. Yeah. I'm a big JT Thor guy. I just don't think he's going to be available for us at 27. I think someone else is going to pick him earlier than that because he is, you know, he's a six foot 10 guy who can, who's, who's already, he's going to come into the league and he's going to be a good defender on day one and his shot looks solid. So I really don't think, I don't think he's going to last to us, but that's one of my, that's one of my guys. Okay. Uh, James, let me ask you here. Here might be a poor man's, um, that guy, uh, whose name I've already forgotten. Um, <laughs> even though I know him very well. Uh, what about Herb Jones? Okay, he's like, on my list. He's a later round guy, second round looking guy. He is, he, well, he was the, um, I think he was the SEC defensive player of the year. So, like, six foot eight, versatile, lanky, like in the mold of, uh, like, Dabo Cephalosha or um, what was that guy's name that was on our team uh, for, like, two, two, for like two games? Andre Robeson. Andre Robeson. Oh, yeah. Oh. So he's, yeah. What were you saying? What was not, that? Not a lot of fanfare when that guy left, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no. He was, <laughs> he was washed, clearly washed. But Herb Jones is like, you know, he's, he's first of all, I mean, on offense, he's a, he's a high flyer. Okay. He's a decent ball handler. And if you get him out on the break, he's going to be able to, you know, take it to, all the way to the rack by himself, catch a lob, or even, or even dish it because he's a very good passer, very good. Uh, ball handler for his size. He's six eight, crazy, crazy lateral quickness. Like he's 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 probably going to lock down the second he comes into the league as well, and even more so than JT Thor because JT Thor is just more more or less you know his physical attributes. Herb Jones is is a gifted gifted defensive player, and honestly his shot his shot is a little. It's he's never going to be a great shooter, but I think he'll be able to you know stand in the corner and and hit a corner three here every once in a while. And you know Brooklyn. It, it doesn't even matter if we could, we could put, you know, two Reggie, two copies of Reggie Evans out there and, <laughs> and still, still get buckets on half of the possessions. So I think, I think Herb Jones is a fantastic pick. That's someone I would be targeting at 44. I'm just afraid you might have to move up a little bit into the thirties to get. Him. Yeah. What is our first second round pick? Do you 44? 44. 44. Okay. Yeah. So he's a, he's really, he's really awesome. He's one of my favorite players for us. Like just, he, he would be impactful, you know, in the, in like he's 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 the Tyler Bay of last year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I got I got two names for you. These are mm-hmm. big boys: Isaiah Jackson out of Kentucky, mm-hmm. Charles Bassey out of Western Kentucky, top high school recruit with a shaky college record. Which to me, that's the guy I love. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. I definitely get that. I just don't really, you know. Charles Bassey, I don't know. I really don't want to draft like a center, right? Okay. Like I feel like he's he's not he's not ready in my opinion for the NBA. He's not ready. He's just he's just a little too he's a little too small. He's a little too light. You don't think he'd be no, a good backup not. for Reggie Perry? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the Long Island Nets, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, look, I don't, I don't, I don't hate him, but he doesn't stand out to me of the other center prospects that are that are in this draft. Like Damon Sharp, you know he's he's a big boy. Like I think if if, if there's a center that Brooklyn is taking, it's going to be him if they can get him, in my opinion. And so I haven't really considered Charles Bassley after that after that came out. But I don't know. Maybe I have to look into him a little bit more. I, I've been I've been focusing on the forwards because. All right, let's hear more forward. Let's hear more forward action. That's what we need. No, wait, who's the other guy that you said? Oh, Isaiah, Isaiah Jackson? Jackson, Kentucky big. Yeah, I don't think Same he's going to be there. Okay. I don't think he's going to be there, but he's another guy. I mean, he, but he's the definition. Like if you thought Nick Claxton was skinny, like, <laughs> you got to see this kid. This kid <laughs> <laughs> like I swear to God, he looks, he, I think he was listed as six foot 11, 206 pounds. Oh, the last Lord. time I saw. Him. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, but he's going to come in. I mean, he's going to be a shot blocker, but he's just, you know, he's not going to be able to play against Giannis. He's not going to play against Joel Embiid. Right. Any of those They're going to need to bring back uh, Thon McCurr for him to really have a chance. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> but he's no, but he's, he's, I mean, he's springy though. He's really, he's a really interesting prospect. And if, and if we were like the Rockets, I would be all over him, but you know, this is a different type of team with different type of uh, 
aspirations, different goals. And, you know, guys got to come in and be ready to play. And that's why I like Herb Jones so much, because he is going to come in and be ready to play, in my opinion. Wow, Great. Simon, you knocked that Herb Jones thing out of the park. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I saw something about him, like, that he had a workout with the Nets or something. So it's, it was not a purely me scouring the uh, the draft boards and and picking him out. No, um, No shade to Herb, but that's kind of a lame name, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is kind of. It is kind of a lame name. Like Herb but, Jones you know. strikes me as a guy, maybe like a guy pursuing his CPA, not a guy uh, who's or who is a CPA, not a guy who's about to join the NBA. But yeah, or he, he reminds me of a guy who's about to join the NBA in like '85. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. He's a, he's a Boston kid, and they're going to give him a shot. Yeah. names are cyclical, though. That's yeah. that's the thing about names. That's, yeah. yeah, thank you. That uh, <laughs> see, sometimes Simon, it's comments like those that make me hesitant to ask for your opinion about stuff. Oh boy, I'm telling it like it is. <laughs> okay, so Simon and you are huge Herb fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me another another juicy forward that the Nets could potentially get. Okay, so another juicy forward that I think, you know, Nets fans have been asking for this kind of player for, it feels like, five or six years, however long Sean Marks has been here, but a stretch four. And so oh, my God. We've been looking for a stretch four forever. Honestly, and a, a feeling just shot through my body yeah, that I haven't I, experienced I, in I months. Had, exactly. I had forgotten what it was. What I've just completely erased that. No, I would say that there, there's about a year's worth of content of maybe Nets time content where we just <laughs> sit around fantasizing about Sean Marks somehow stop. He stops hating stretch fours and we finally get one. So let's hear about it. Let's see. So this is uh, Isaiah Todd and um, Isaiah Todd was a he was pretty highly like tatted outside of um, high school. So highly tatted that he's actually a G League night team. And so he made it onto the G League Ignite team uh, with Jared Jack, with Jalen Green, and with Jonathan Kuminga. He was kind of overshadowed by those, particularly like Jalen Green and all his, you know, hoopla and superstardom, and relegated to two more of like a stretch four, uh, fourth option, fifth option type of player. When if he was in, you know, if he was playing for, you know, even like Kentucky this year, he would probably be their number one option and be going like locked into the teams, something like that. And so he's, he's, he's six foot ten. He's six for ten with like a legitimate jump shot, in my opinion. Very consistent, very smooth, very high release. He's one of those guys where you know if he's if he's spotting up to shoot it, you're you're probably not blocking it. Like the only people who's, the only person who's going to block it is like Giannis or Jonathan Isaac. And so he is he's like a really 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 good shooter from three point line, and he's also fantastic from the mid range. And so he does these sort of like these sort of like fade away in the post jump shots that are almost like, like Dirk esque, you know, like, like he fades, he fades off of one foot and, and leans back and then shoots it over the guy. Cause he is six ten, He is so tall. I, I'm a huge, huge fan of him. I think he's been underrated in the ignite because he's been, he's been relegated to, to that, to that different type of role. Or he was just overshadowed. I think people yeah. are sleeping. Yeah. This, people I, are sleeping on him. I gotta say, after having done this draft podcast with you for a few years now, I, I have that spider sense for when 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 it's the guy right that it's the it's it's the James sleeper pick that like we're gonna be talking about in in future podcasts and I, Isaiah Todd has a bit of that feel of that to me this year. I hope it's him. I hope it's him. I think he's one of those. I think he's there's got to be another team, some team that's gonna want to take him to the twenties. So I think somebody wants to take him to the twenties. Some I've seen him as low as like fifty on on Sam Bassini's board. And I just think that's a that's a disservice. And that's, Whoa, Sam Vecini, really? Sam Vecini is yeah. good too. Sam Vecini, Sam Vecini is really good, um, but you know, like everybody, he has he has misses, and then everyone lets their personal feelings get into it. And you know, I mean, look, he's kind of an Isaiah Todd. He's he's a knucklehead. Like you know, he takes really really bad shots because he is a he's a shooter. Mm-hmm. And but I think you know, if he was on the Nets and you just you just you told him to stand in the corner or or pick and pop, he would be fantastic in my opinion. <laughs> You, right, you get the sense that like Mike James is also a bit of a knucklehead, but he's, <laughs> yeah. he's forced to be reined in because he's on a good team. 
Exactly. Exactly. So Isaiah Titus is absolutely one of my guys. Another person, I don't think he makes it to 44. I really think they, I really think the Nets got to try to get a pick in the thirties. And there's a lot of teams with like multiple picks in the thirties. I think the Pelicans have like two picks in the thirties and OKC has two in the thirties. So yeah, but he's one of my guys. Definitely. How many picks does OKC have? I think they have, I want to say like seven. Yeah. <laughs> like between both rounds, they have like seven first round picks, I think. <laughs> Which is why when people say, oh, you can dump DeAndre Jordan on OKC for number 27, it's like, do they really want eight right. <laughs> draft picks this year? <laughs> you know, that's why I think you may not have to use maybe even that 2028 pick to dump DeAndre, see what you can get back. But I feel like you could protect that pick. If it's, just, if it's just dumping DeAndre. Please protect it. <laughs> yeah. if, if, if it means giving an unprotected pick, I'm honestly fine with DeAndre. Yeah. yeah I would love for that. <laughs> me too, me too, me too. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're, we're deep in this draft now, James. Mm-hmm. We've gone through a lot of names. Our heads are spinning. I, I still can't believe how, how dead on Simon was re-Herb Jones. Uh <laughs> Is there is there anyone we haven't talked about who you think has a chance to end up on the Nets who's worth mentioning? Uh, yeah, so there's this one guy, uh, Greg Brown, out of Texas. So he's like a six foot eight power forward, right? Not um, not a stretch four though. Not. I mean, he shot like thirty three percent from three, I think. So he's not a stretch four, but he's not necessarily uh, gonna miss. And he's actually he was actually his best spot was from the corner. So I feel like that's a really good. Spot. <laughs> Right. The thing about him is that he was he's like an athletic freak, but he was overshadowed by his teammate Kai Jones. Have you ever heard of Kai Jones? Um, no. No. Okay. <laughs> well I'll talk about Kai Jones for just 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 to talk about him because he's he's like a freak. I have him I think eighth on my board. He is one of those six foot eleven, like Jonathan Isaac, Giannis Dentacumpo type freak freak center, freak center uh, length and size but with like a wings fluidity, a wings speed, a wings vertical leap. And so Kai Jones just sort of overshadowed Greg Brown because Greg Brown didn't really look all that athletic next to, you know, the next, the next Jonathan Isaac, in my opinion. Well, not, not going to be, not defensively, but just physically. And so Greg Brown is like, a, he's a, re- a really, really high flyer. Like he's going to catch, he's going to catch lobs like crazy, especially in transition. He's a great defender because he has such a great vertical leap. And he has that speed at six, at six, eight, at six, nine, that lateral quickness to switch on the guards and legitimately, in my opinion, have the chance to guard like one through five, if he puts it all together. And again, with that, that three point shot, that's 33%. I think he's, he's definitely a guy that I would take at 44. If, if my other forwards were off the board. Right. Uh, well, as we, as we, uh, get to the end of our discussion of draft, I've got to ask, are you going to be at the draft? Um, maybe, maybe, but honestly, I feel like if we had, we, I made that mistake one year, you know, that one year when we all went to the draft and yeah. the Nets didn't pick anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make that mistake again. So I think I might just watch it from the comfort of my couch. <laughs> you mean during a pandemic, you don't want to go watch Sean Marks trade away every one of our four picks. I really, really do not. Cause you know, then you're sitting there for, then you're sitting there and you, it's all of a sudden it's, it's, you know, 1130 and you're hoping that he finally takes someone at 57. <laughs> right. No, I remember one year Simon and I got down cause they, cause they shut down the, the upper bowl. We were down in the mm-hmm. bottom bowl by all the families. Nets draft Hamadou Diallo. I say draft in huge scare quotes. Draft yeah. Hamadou Diallo. His family, they all start screaming. He stands up. He's right behind us. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it was it was great. Um, but that was also the year that we that was a, a bum year when we got um, previously mentioned. Um, that was the our Euro Euro players yes. oh, year of the yeah. Euro. Uh, that was the Musa Kuduts. Right, exactly. Yeah. Miss and a miss. Yeah. <laughs> miss and a super miss. Double miss. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm also not going to be at the draft this year. I'm going to be out of town that week. So. Yeah. But what's really cool, actually, in my opinion, in the draft, it's really cool to stand outside the stadium because the players just walk in through the front door in suits. And you can tell who's a player because one, they're wearing, you know, like a full three piece suit with right. a tie. 
and they're like six five. Right, they're so. very tall, and they <laughs> tend to have entourages who are normal yep. sized. Yep, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that's pretty fun. You might catch me outside the Barclays Center on Jack Night, but you're probably not going to catch me inside. <laughs> are you going, Simon? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, I'm sorry. It isn't. I think it's a fun event, even if the Nets end up not not picking anyone. It's uh, it's always exciting to see the Knicks fans losing their mind, uh, the Sixers fans losing their mind because there are always just tons of them. Um, <laughs> like when the Knicks Absolutely. when the Knicks passed on uh, Michael Porter Jr., there was oh, yeah. there was almost bloodshed that night. I mean, that was a tragic decision. Who did tragic they get decision. that year? Was that the Nilakina? Go Kevin Knox, right? Kevin, Kevin Knox. Knox. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, that hasn't turned out too good. Not at all. And yet, Not at all. I'm still into Kevin Knox. You're you're a Kentucky Wildcat fanatic. I think there's always like, yeah, Julius Randle. People were kind of out on him, and you just give him time, and he's going to become an All Star eventually. Yeah, I agree. I think Kevin Knox still has a chance to be. Like a decent role player. Yeah, he and you Archie know? Goodwin are going to lead a team to a championship one day. <laughs> you sure it won't be the Turkish team? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say what league. I did not say what league. <laughs> Simon, do you have any final questions for the draft god that is James? No, the guru that you knew. Um, no, I don't. Thank you so much for coming on. I yes, of course. It. I love it. Every year I look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this will be going out uh, probably next Friday or Saturday. I'm going to post it. Okay, awesome. That's perfect. Um, but I wanted that, of course, to be recorded so that everyone can hear that uh, when they're listening to it. Uh, but we, we have to say goodbye. Simon, Simon could you uh, say goodbye to our, our listeners? I think you say goodbye. God damn it. All right. I'll say goodbye. It's been wonderful. <laughs> Hit us up. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Oh, that's what you meant. I thought or you meant the anyway. Sorry. Or email us your questions, your concerns regarding um, Herb Jones and the Accountant 5. Uh, and <laughs> at, at maybe next time at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Check out. Uh, are you still trolling on Twitter, James, or have you tamed down a little bit on Twitter? I, I tried. I tried to tame down a little bit. You, you know? tried. To... I realized it wasn't. It wasn't good for my mental health. Yeah, he's still a gadfly there on Twitter, though. So. <laughs> yeah. <So> Such... <laughs> yeah. Just you know, I like to look at it. Instead, I just I just send it to people. I just send the stupid things to people and right. private message my friends about it. Right. <laughs> probably probably for the best. Um, yes, thank you very much for joining because it's been a pleasure hanging out I can't wait to see a Nets game with you again soon and listeners thanks for joining us and we will go ahead and uh, see ya next time I was tired of my lady we'd been together too long like a worn out recording of a favorite song so while she laid sleeping I read the paper in bed and in the personal columns there was this letter I read